Coming to you live from the Business Radio X studio in Woodstock, Georgia. This is Fearless Formula with Sharon Klein. Welcome to Fearless Formula on Business Radio X, where we talk about the ups and downs in the business world and offer words of wisdom for business success. I'm your host, Sharon Klein, and today on the show, we have the National Director of Quality Improvement and Impact, which and that is Anna Cora. That's for Boys and Girls Clubs of America. And we have the Chief Achievement Strategist of Front Porch Advisors, a company that advises people and businesses to be more productive for their community. We would like to also welcome Joe Ciansolo. Wait, dang it. I practiced it. Ciansolo. Very good. I love me. God dang. I'm sorry to get it right the first time. It's a great last name. It's like super fun to pronounce. Anyway, welcome. Thank thanks, you. Thanks for having us. Sure. This is going to be an interesting show because it doesn't actually follow my traditional format, which is, you know, talking about what are you afraid of? What is your history? What are you not afraid of? What can people learn? No. Today, we are going to actually go into what it's like to be a client at Front Porch Advisors because it's a very fascinating kind of company. And I, and I love it's here in Woodstock. And I appreciate you, Joe, for kind of indulging me because I've this is like right up my wheelhouse of things I think about all the time. And so it's it's important, I think, for people to understand that there's there's you know, you know the name of a business, but you may not actually know what it's like to go in and be a client of Joe's. And so we're going to almost like do a sort of a live session of what it's like to be. I'm the guinea pig. I was going to say, are you ready? I'm ready. (laughs) I am, I am in a new leadership role. I need help. Help me. We all need help. But what's really cool is this is Joe's natural way to think about how people function in the world and how, and what their natural tendencies are and where their strengths and weaknesses are and how you can kind of move around them. So in a business sense, this totally makes sense why this would be effective. Well, I love studying patterns and tendencies, and I think that people, everybody brings something to the table. The problem is, is that we get really comfortable, whether we're taught this way or raised this way, to do things a certain way. And sometimes we get great at it, but it isn't what we're naturally good at. It's not the thing that gives us that natural energy. And so what we believe is that everybody should bring their natural best to an opportunity. Otherwise, it shouldn't be an opportunity. Um, and so we need everybody to bring that in order for something, like we said, in the community. We need a community full of, of a diverse set of patterns and tendencies, and we have to kind of help each other make sure that we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. So who is your ideal client? Uh, well, it's interesting. <laughs> we actually do that with our clients is help them identify their target. And so a target for me is someone who is um, – who is either a team leader or a business owner, a lot of times it's business owners, who are frustrated because either they feel like an island, uh, they're extremely frustrated and annoyed with their team, or they keep doing the same thing over and over and over and they don't know why it's not working. And uh, and so what we usually do is we say, okay, we need to make sure that we're a good fit for you. I, I bring my natural skill set to the table. Um, Dan, who is the other business partner, brings something completely different. And we sit down and we will actually bring him to the porch and say, hey, we need to figure out whether or not you're actually ready to hear the truth. And then whether or not we and our services can provide that for you. So a lot of uh, business owners who think they can do it all and have been doing it all but realize maybe we shouldn't be doing it all. Do you ever have people who really don't want to hear what you have to say? Absolutely. And it's funny because I am very careful about whether or not to take them on as a client. Um, We have a very uh, strict set of expectations in terms of you came here. 
you came looking for help and this is the help that we can provide. This is how we believe that it can solve your problem. This is the people, these are the people and the things that you need in order to balance you. And, you know, but you have to actually take that advice. It is advice. It's not us telling you what to do. We do have a separate product for that where, where Dan goes into companies and helps them make decisions because they are very incapable of pulling the trigger sometimes. They're great with ideas, but they're not great at execution. Um, and that in and of itself is part of the study too. But I think it's fascinating the dynamics that can be in place in a company that have been there for so long that to break out of it. I think about things like Restaurant Impossible where he comes in and he's just like, this is a family restaurant and you all are all toxic. Like you are terrible together. No wonder you're not doing well. To break those patterns must be a huge challenge. Well, there's there's a preset set of, you know, ways that people do. And I was a former teacher and having come from the teaching world, my brother's a teacher. I have a lot of family members that are teachers to climb within the education system. Doesn't make sense if you think about what the expectations and role responsibilities are, but that's kind of how it works. So my brother was being groomed. He's an elementary school teacher. He was being groomed for administration. He is a caretaker and he's amazing at it, but those are not the qualities, the skills that are required for administration. Now, I and my wiring pattern is very much I was capable of doing both. Um, but if you hope that the best teachers that you have are going to be administrators, it doesn't work. Same thing happens in a business. You may hire somebody who is a rock star when you bring them on and then you promote them into a team lead or another position so that they can move up. And the problem is, is then they end up in a job that does not suit their patterns and tendencies and then they get burned out, they get frustrated, and then things go so Sideways. let's talk about what it's like. Like you had mentioned the word caretaker, which is Anna and I actually both came up with the same answer as, as far as having taking a quiz that you all have that will kind of highlight some of your strengths. And one of them is caretaker for Anna and me. So can you explain what the quiz is like for someone who's listening? Well, so there are tons of personality tests out there and I'm a bit of a nerd. I do like them. I've taken almost all of them. Um, and some of them I resonate with more than others. At the end of the day, what we do at Front Porch Advisors is we want to make things productive. So a personality test is great. I have had plenty of friends and even clients who come in saying, I'm a this on this scale and I'm a that. And I said, that's awesome, but it's just a title or a label. At the end of the day, how does it play into your life? How does it actually – like can we study your past experience to see whether or not it actually works? And so the I have merged a couple of the platforms that I have found out there that – help me make it seem productive to the person, whether it sh shows what's not productive or whether it makes them light up. I want to see what lights people up. So like you said, we put together a really fun, smaller version of a quiz because a lot of personality tests can be very long and this I understand not. why. Yeah, this, this was is, short. And oh, I was and like, fun. how did they know? <laughs> it was so fast. And the goal is, so when you do a psychological test, like these these personality tests, they're, are, they're rooted in psychology. What we decided is we need people to be honest, not tell us what... They think we want to hear or what they think others want to hear, especially in a work environment. We want the truth. We want to know exactly what you would do in that situation. So if you remember the answers, the answers were, were fun. Mm -hmm. And they were meant to be, oh, my gosh, yeah, that one's me. And the reason is because once you feel that connection to it, then you can say, wait, what does this mean? And afterward, that's where I come in and say, okay, let's figure out how to make that productive in your life. Let's figure out you know, why certain opportunities will make you light up and others won't. 
and why certain people will drive you crazy and others are the ones that free you to, to be amazing. So can we talk a little bit about how your company, before we get started with Anna, how your company kind of came to be? Uh, well, Dan and I, we've been, I, I've lived here in Woodstock for over 20 years. We built our house out sort of just outside of town on uh, just over four acres. And we got really involved in the in the networking community. Dan is very business-minded. He is, everybody knows Dan. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we saw is we saw especially within the Young Professionals of Woodstock Network, there is so much, um, I don't know, potential. But potential is just that. It's just potential and potential that was missing opportunities. And so we said, okay, maybe we need to jump in first and say, we're going to lead you by just doing it out loud. And there were a bunch of people that said they wanted to be business owners. They wanted to start their own thing. And so we said, okay, we will. And we'll do it in front of you. We'll do it as transparently as we possibly can to show you that not everybody has to do it the same way. You have to understand what it is that drives you naturally so that you can create a business around that instead of just emulating just what the next person does. There are some people who are very much wired to take risks and there are people who are risk averse. Both can be business owners. You just have to understand what you need in order to make that true. So we did. So we said we were sitting on the porch and we thought – this is this is where we figured out what life was like. This is where we got our shit in order is really mm-hmm. what it came down to. And so we said, okay, we need to bring people to the porch just like we did when we were little with our grandparents. And we, rather than tell you what to do, we would provide advice based on our experience, all the things that we've learned so that you could have a frame of reference that might make sense for you in an environment that would kind of encourage you to kind of look at the bigger picture in a comfortable way. I know because it's an actual porch. It is. It's a real porch. So I, I, I get this it's my feeling. favorite office. I know. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So I get the feeling of almost you're just having a conversation. It's very disarming. And that's the point. What people need is we have a world full of chaos. We have all, like I said, expectations. There is so much going on. The digital age has made us, I think, lose a lot of who we are. So to sit on a porch with a beverage, with a notebook, looking with somebody trees. looking at trees <laughs> and, and and listening to the birds and the squirrels. I remember one day I was sitting with a client and we saw a dragonfly fly right in front of us and like eat something. And we both just were transfixed. <laughs> it, it. <laughs> it, it was awesome. But the point of it was that it, it gave us that that clarity that maybe maybe the chaos is what's making it worse. So let's strip away as much of the distraction as possible and then really build you back up from where you are supposed to be, where you know you are at your best. Now, we don't know that until we study it. So it is a journey where we're going to go through the good, the bad, the ugly, because our ultimate goal is to figure out who you are, what you bring, good and bad, Mm -hmm. and what you need in order to be at your best in a way that you can keep doing it over and over and over, which hopefully is an amazing life. It's interesting. Yesterday, we had a question at our YPOW meeting about, you know, how are you? What, what was the official question? How did they phrase it? What is what is your biggest problem right now? What is your challenge? Yeah. yeah. And mine was like, <laughs> I'm always in my own way, in my own head. I'm like my own worst enemy. Try not to do that. But I think that's kind of what you're talking about is how to get around your own mental noise 
I guess, and then being in your in your in your own way, move your ego out, and you know, sort of look at yourself like you said from the big picture. So this is like so exciting. Well, it was interesting to me because uh, because this is what I do every day. I don't know, how, Anna, you and I have talked before, but watching and listening around the circle, I see these patterns and tendencies just within those answers, and I was like, immediately, I already know when people are put under stress based on their natural wirings, they will respond a certain way. Um, for me, I am a strategic. I'm a strategic person. I'm very. I'm a strategist. If you're looking at my terminology, but um, when I'm un- in stress, not pressure, but in stress, I will dig my heels in and I will go into analysis paralysis. It is a comfort zone. Mm-hmm. I know that. I also know what it takes to get me out of it. So every single person in the room that was like analysis paralysis, like I can help you. <laughs> you must think that all the time oh. as we all speak, because we all they ask a question every week that's kind of like revealing about your life a little bit or your mm. business or whatever. It's meant so that we can grow relationships and get to know each other, not just as a business but as people, right? So it's meant to do that. But that just must drive you crazy. I never thought about that. It doesn't drive me crazy. It oh. continues to show me what's out there, and I do. One of my drives is to try to figure out how can I. Provide even pieces of what I do to a larger audience because, like you said, I think that when I mean it's to build relationships, but relationships require communication, and communication through this work that I've been doing for years, I have realized we all speak the same language and we are all speaking different versions of that language. And now that I know that, I I am I am less worried about how people what people say. I'm more listening for how they say it. Interesting. And, and then I have this desire to be like, no, if you could just <laughs> remember, remember this is what makes you you. This is what makes you most proud to be yourself, not what you think a business community needs. Wipeout has been very good about sort of stripping away the I have to have my business card and my pitch and whatever because we need you to know who you are and that little comfort – within our Thursday morning meetings gives you sort of the momentum to say, okay, maybe now I can go forward with what I should be doing. Because we talk about it on the show all the time about how business is relationships. It's the people behind the business. It's not just kid biz expo. It's the person who is running kid biz, but it's easy to kind of think, Oh, I just need a plumber or I just need a this or that and not really think about the person behind what the business is and why they do what they do. And it's like those relationships I think are so great. Which is why Dan and I, when, when the first year that we had um, from porch advisors and we invited Wipow was our first guinea pig. We're like, bring them to the table. And we highlighted a whole bunch of their businesses secretly doing kind of what we're doing today, which is sharing what we do with our clients in front of everyone, Mm -hmm. because we wanted to highlight what they are doing. And at that time we had a girl who had a full-time job. Um, She now has children and she wanted a side business that was never going to be a big thing. And we said, okay, stop trying to think it has to be a big thing. If it needs to be a side thing, let it be a side thing. There's no judgment in it. And then we had somebody who's extremely bold trying all these things. I think he's on his third or fourth venture trying. And we're like, we need you to have that opportunity to, to try. And then secretly come back on the back end and say, okay, every time you've tried, you've made the same choice and you you stick in the same pattern. And that pattern, is it taking you where you said you wanted to go? If you were percentaging out how many people live just in their patterns and are unaware of them, (laughs) can you, can you, because I'm thinking I do 24 seven. Well, I think we all are. um, It's not that we are 
I mean, we're stuck in our patterns. The problem is we're not aware That's it. of the pattern. Yeah, how many people are and not aware? So when, when, when Dan and I, when people ask what Front Porch Advisor does, they assume we're a financial company because advisor, and we're, no, human capital. We are about studying people, developing people. And if we're going to be a community, we need to know who our community is. We can't expect to solve all the same problems in this community because we only have certain people here. And if, if, if we're trying to solve a different problem, maybe it's a different community. Mm-hmm. And it, every time somebody comes in that we see, ooh, there's a spark of something. Anna, you were one of those people. You walk in and there's that spark of something. Most people didn't know what it was, but it's very gravitational. Aww. <laughs> That's so sweet. And, and in my mind, I'm like, ooh, we need everybody to know who she is because you didn't feel like you were pushing it. And there's a reason for that. And you and I have kind of started to talk about that a little bit. And um, and that's kind of what we want. We want everyone's spark to kind of just happen oh, and, then, <laughs> and then figure out what can we do, how, what can we create in an opportunity that would allow that to shine? Because our biggest thing was we wanted to keep that power of people here. And at that time, what were the opportunities for young people to find careers? There weren't. Not everybody should be a, a business owner. Like there's a lot of people who want to, but that doesn't mean they should be. So if we could create opportunities for pairing, you know, complementary patterns together, then we want to create that. If we could help people get into a job where they were hired strategically using a strategic hiring plan that says, okay, this is the jobs opportunity. This is the person that would fit that job. They're awesome, but now's not the right time. You know, maybe somebody else. And, and so we keep going. So what was it about Anna that you said you could sort of feel like I would love to see kind of where you would go if she were a client of yours? Well, <laughs> shall we start? Yeah, we shall we begin? Well, I think confidence is an interesting word in the business world. And how what would you rate your level of confidence? Um, I guess. So when you had mentioned before you listen, when people talk, you listen to how they talk. I also one of the my favorite questions is, well, what do you mean by that word? <laughs> so, like, well, when you say confidence, because there's lots of different kinds of confidence. So, am I confident in um, my ability to be in a group and talk to people? I'm, I would say ten out of ten, just because of how I grew up and how I was raised. I've moved around my whole life. I have to make friend, had to make friends everywhere I go. So, my ability to you know, just kind of schmooze and get relate, to know people like and relate, build yeah. relationships and start to get to know people is, is very high. Um, my confidence in making decisions and moving forward on those decisions is much lower. <laughs> <laughs> and I understand why. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing that's important is first impression. We talk about that. And when you come into the a business community, you're always trying really hard to make that good first impression. And what we saw with you was a almost a quiet confidence. It wasn't arrogant. And like I said, I know why. You said you're a caretaker. Caretakers are never arrogant. And so what my job is, especially I have a fair amount of caretaker clients. They don't always see themselves as the most valuable, but you do. And and in, in life, which is what made mm. it us see, oh my gosh, like what do we have to do to keep her in our community? Because, I mean, it may not be something that we can do, but if we can try, then it will make our community continue to flourish with people who are comfortable being who they are. That's funny that you say it that way, because when I think about my confidence in my ability to help others be successful, I'd say that's pretty high, has gotten pretty high. Like, I feel like I've made a lot of efforts in my professional life and personal life to 
I'm a total nerd about understanding people as well. And I, um, and I have really tried to understand what drives success, which is why I'm in the job I'm in, which is how do you make an organization, particularly a nonprofit as successful as possible as making impact. That's my passion is making things work the way they're supposed to work. So if that's, that's also about people, right? Like I love helping somebody, um, you know, figure out the right path forward, but it's, less less around the personal like per- personality side of it and more about like what they're doing and um so that yeah that's interesting well that leads me i have lots of questions <laughs> i always have lots of questions um and that's kind of what i do for a living but um no i think it's interesting because the way you just said that was out of opportunity to help other to be successful and whatever have you ever felt obligated to help someone do that and it just didn't feel easy yeah. Well, obligated. Um, well, it's funny. Yeah. I guess if I'm, if I'm kind of put out in front and said, okay, like I used to, when I first came onto the job I'm in, I was a, um, like an internal consultant. So being put in a room and said, okay, help this person. Um, it's like, well, do they want my help? Is it, you know, is my skill set the right match for this person? Like it's, I'm not one to be able to just walk in and say, okay, this is what you need. Um, that was always very hard for me. And sometimes the culture pushed me in that way where it was like, nope, find a recommendation, make it, share it with them. And I said, well, that's not like, what do they want? What do they need? What's going on? So that was not as comfortable. I'm going to stop you. And I hope Sharon picked up on this too. The, the tone of your voice changed from when it was the hopeful versus the, I have to. And so because you're a caretaker, my job is to figure out what do I need to do to connect you to the opportunity to do it so that you can do exactly what made you your voice kind of light up mm-hmm. because that's where you're going to be most influential, most comfortable. And I think that's where your confidence actually comes from because you're built on relational harmony. You love that connection to the person and helping them, which is others centric, right? It's not about you. It's about them. If you don't know them, I mean, you want to, but you need the time to be able to do that. So that's in order for an opportunity to be an opportunity, like within your job, you need to make sure that they're giving you that opportunity to build the relationship first, because then once you care naturally, the rest just comes right out of you. Very interesting. Very, because it's almost like being a bully. Like I'm coming in and I'm going to tell you what you need to do and take it and buy. But that's definitely not Anna's energy at all, would you say? No. In fact, it would it would... It wouldn't be received correctly. It wouldn't. It wouldn't be effective, um, and it's hard because the word consultant has its own connotation of what you're expected to do. Yeah. And so people ask us, "Are we consultants?" I'm like, if I'm coming in, I, I, I'm, I am naturally wired to ask questions. Yeah. And, and and my questions, when healthy, are extremely strategic. Um, how do we make sure we've thought this through? You know, how do we make sure that we pay attention to the mistakes we've made in the past? We don't make them again. Like that's what I'm wired to do. So if you want me to come in and do that, I'm going to do that all day long. But you need to give me permission to because otherwise I will sound like that guy. Yeah. That's like, well, why did you do this? And why didn't you do that? And you should do this, blah, blah, blah. No. So it's about sort of what, what I want you to be able to do is remember, you always have the opportunity to care at your best. So if you're feeling uncomfortable, ask that first question. Am I feeling sort of forced into it or is what's the opportunity for me? And then it naturally calms you back into, oh, no, this is where I'm going to be most effective anyway. Um, it takes practice. Mm-hmm. And then you also need to communicate that to the people around you. 
Because the thing is, is they already like you. You just got promoted again, right? For <laughs> the second time. Yeah, I was like, what's your new title? I had to quickly read it. It's and it exciting. Make, and it makes sense. But with that promotion then comes your own internal struggle of do I know? Like, do, do I you, know the answers? Well, and do you know what your expectations are? Of their expectations of me? Yes. Um, I don't know if I'm 100% clear on – well, and this is something that I – and I'm not afraid of asking the question, like, what is, what is, uh, what does success look like in your eyes or what is your vision? But they also have a lot of trust in me to design it and tell them, like, here's what I, um, here's what I think is necessary. Here's what I can deliver on, um, which scares me, <laughs> but also is really exciting because that's why I wanted to take this opportunity because I, I do want to step into my, out of my comfort zone into um, making those decisions and feeling confident in a path that I think really will work. Um, But it is uncomfortable because I also do seek permission from them and from, and this is something I, I, um, uh, I think just comes from my own background, but um, I do sometimes wait for somebody to say, yes, Anna, go for it. And that, or it's okay if this is what you want, or it's okay if this is what you need. And I don't want to do that anymore. Like, because I know my natural tendency is to, um, always check, but I don't want to wait. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Which is why I would love to talk to your boss. (laughs) (laughs) And this actually started happening a lot within our business where we had a boss that came to us and then they didn't want to do the work because they were afraid of what they would find about themselves. And so instead they asked me to work with their team. Well, that's great and good and I can build up the – understanding with each member of the team and you start to see these teams functioning really well and then the boss feels separated and and in that doing what i want to say is okay here's why they're doing really well and this is what they need from you but just remember you bring something to the table they don't and then i have to flip it back Mm. and so about the asking for permission it's not just about asking for permission it's making sure they understand there is a secret sauce to you that i can hear and see And I don't know if they have put their thumb on it, but I think they have. And I think that's why they have the job that you have. The question is, did they do it by feel because they just like and trust you or did they do it by design? Mm. And that is caretaker may be first for you, but it's not the only. And what we do is go beyond just a label of your most natural. We want to find your at least your top two because the combination of the two is where you shine. And you have a very unique top two, which what means is my top two? I know I'm curious. <laughs> well, you have the ability to dream. You you can see. You said I I want to see the big vision. A lot of people say they want to see the vision, but they can't connect to the vision because they're not naturally out there thinking outside the box thinking. I am not. Now I can win. That's my second. I'm very confident. I'm an initiator second. And when combined with my strategist, if I ask the right questions, enough of the right questions, have the confidence to say, okay, this is the direction that we're going to go and we're going to get it done under this timeline, this budget, then I am, I'm out the door. I got it going. Now, but for you, you start as the caretaker, but I'm assuming – now, we would have to study this a lot further. <laughs> I want to go back and to look at your past experiences, but the second one is that ability to dream outside the box, forward thinking, a visionary that doesn't always 
exist in words, but it exists in your brain. Mm. And the fact that, A, you're never arrogant, and B, you can see the future, that makes you a, an extremely well-positioned leader if you understand what it means and if you can stay healthy in it. Mm. Because you can see now what needs to be done today, and you have that vision of where you're going. Mm. And today's world is there's not very many visionaries. In fact, in in the psychology behind some of the platforms that I use, it's such a small percentage of the population, and it's the one thing that we all need. When you say stay healthy, what does that mean? Well, <laughs> first things first, it, w- there, there are – I have so many tools. Kinda, <laughs> uh, but one of the tools that I would want to understand is we want to figure out what are the tasks that give you energy. Um, we call them energy gainers versus energy drainers. And if you understand based on your own personal sort of – profile of the things that you have to do, if you can keep those in a good balance, you know, people say the 80-20 rule, 70-30, whatever. I actually study that with people. And then I say, okay, so you want to make sure that the tasks that you're doing stay that way. If you become 100% in your first, right? Like if you're both caretakers and all you're doing is caring, and along with that care comes a lack of care for yourself because you tend to care for others, that's not healthy. Mm. It's still care, but it's not a healthy balance. So I always say, okay, if you're only in one, that's not healthy. If you are doing, and this is what brings a lot of people to us, if you are tired at the end of every day, eh, you are probably doing more drainers than you are gainers. And it probably is either because of the job expectation or your own expectation of the job. Most of the time, it's that. Most of the time, it's like that's not what the boss actually is telling you. It's what you think you're supposed to be doing. And then you take on too much, which I think you guys both could understand taking on everybody else's tasks and then feeling completely drained. Mm -hmm. That's not healthy. Mm -hmm. So we also know that you're not arrogant, which means you're not going to put yourself first. So keeping you healthy requires you to have liberators in your life that know what it is that support looks like for you so that they can provide it because you're going to provide it for everybody else. Mm -hmm. So keeping you healthy means that you have a, a very healthy collection of people that say, I can tell you're working too hard. I'm going to come take you out of there. We're going to go, you know, whether it be pampering treatment or go for a hike or go for a coffee. You wouldn't do that on your own. You might actually. You wouldn't necessarily do that <laughs> on your own. How do you know that about me? <laughs> because I can just tell based on everything that we've talked about. And it's common. And the thing is, is rather than worry about it being good or bad, it's, it is what it is. It's, just so, it's a balance. It's balancing yourself. Yeah. So keeping somebody healthy requires – so many things there, but in, in terms of using both, keeping you healthy is making sure that you always remember that you have a certain part of your job that requires you to care for people in the now, what needs to be done right now to make these happen. But the same percentage needs to be in the vision mm-hmm. so that you remember why you're doing it. Yeah, that's really interesting because so I've definitely worked on the part of taking care of myself so that I'm and that's just because of my own journey of, you know, of not taking care of myself got me to bad places. So now I'm I try to do that. Uh, But what's interesting is the so if I think about my tasks every day, um, the I'm I know that I'm really bad at just the monotony of rep- repetitious things. Like I love to start, create, get something going. I'm really bad at keeping it going once it's already kind of planned and sussed out. I like I like the sussing out and the and the um, you know fi- figuring out what it's going to look like and then getting it going. And then once it's pretty smooth, I'm like, okay, you don't need me anymore. Because what I'm good at is like solving those problems of getting something to work. 
So when it's, and so, but the caretaker in me, what I've realized is like the stuff that just needs to happen that is monotonous. If I don't understand how it's benefiting somebody else, it's really hard for me to be motivated to do it. So if you need, I had this conversation with my former boss where he wanted a weekly update from me every week. And I was like, I don't understand. Like, I'm not like it's, it was literally torture to sit there and type out an update of what I did that week. I could not, it was, would not come out of my brain into the keyboard. Like I just didn't know what am I supposed to say? This feels so uncomfortable. But once he explained to me, like, I just want to know what you're thinking about, what, what you're worried about, what challenges you're having. I'm not looking for you to tell me like I accomplished X and I come and I was like, Oh, <laughs> you just, this is just a communication for you. Like then it became so much easier because then I was like, Oh, this is what he needs from me. And it became so much easier. But if I don't know <laughs> Lost that in translation, you yeah, just, yeah, it was so interesting. And I was like, I, it, but so the, I feel like what I love about my job right now is I, I get to do a lot of the visioning um, and I get, and I also, the stuff that just has to happen now is a lot of helping the department and figuring out what, what kind of department we want to be and solving problems. So I feel like I get a really good balance of like thinking big, envisioning and just solving problems on a day-to-day basis. Um, so I, as much as I've been working lately, I actually have not felt very tired, mm. which scares me a little bit because <laughs> I don't want to lose like my work-life balance, but I also am like, maybe I am in a good balance right now of just the kinds of tasks I'm doing. Um, yeah. It, it's amazing how when an opportunity taps into that, what's natural, it isn't as tiring. The fear is real, but that's why we study it. I want you <laughs> to have your own playbook so that when you are stuck, it's like, oh, this tool helps me get jostled back into what my natural drivers are or this is the one that helps me understand why certain people are driving me nuts then there's this is how communication has broken down and and we study communication so much and there's so many different tools that you can use around communication but the thing that's so funny is don't embrace it but when it falls apart don't judge yourself for it ask yourself (laughs) wait which piece is missing that's why we go back a lot and say okay i need to know well you need to know I'm, I'm there to walk along the, the journey with you, but you need to know who were the people that were most influential and what was that influence like? What, what was it? Was it positive? Was it negative? doesn't matter. It's information that you need to know. And when you were – I always ask one of the questions, which is what's your, your biggest, highest moment in your life? And then what was your lowest? Do you know the answer to that question? From a career perspective? Can be. Or life. <laughs> I mean I know that from a personal perspective. <laughs> well, you can go there. Um, I think they overlap. Yeah. Uh, well, I um, I would say right now with this new role um, is definitely the highest moment professionally for me because I, I am doing the thing that I literally like dreamt about doing years ago for an organization that is has such a scale that I really feel like – it could be a legacy for me, you know, if I get it right. And I'm, I feel very strongly about that because I, I want, I want it to be successful, not, not my project. I want the organization to be successful for the, the youth that it serves. Like that is, I mean, it gives me like goosebumps every time I talk about it. And so I take this responsibility very seriously right now. And I, 
and it scares the crap out of me. But I feel like I'm at a high, and I also, my personal life, feel like I'm at a in a really good place. Like I'm so happy with the the level of um, involvement I've let myself have in this community and with my house and just like rooting myself in in Atlanta, which has been a real struggle for me throughout my whole life, just because of how much I've moved. Um, and I and then like the lowest. Um, I don't know. It's interesting. Like, uh, I think, I don't know if I can answer. I mean, I've had a lot of (laughs) (laughs) top 10, just the top 10. This is interesting because this is part of what makes today hard, but what makes coming to the porch different is because it is a very personal thing. Yeah. And so you don't, I I don't think you need to to share fair, but I don't, I think it's a little bit hard for everybody to kind of access it. I only know it because I've done it. I've actually done one of the programs that we offer, I've done it like, I don't know, six or seven times myself. I tend to do it every year just to remind myself of the things that I have forgotten. Does it change over time? No. I mean, it adds. I add. Things don't change. I just keep adding more and more examples. And the reason why I do that is I like collecting data. (laughs) And when I collect that data, I start to overlay every single piece to say, okay, who's present in those moments? Who's, who was liberating me in those moments? Who was not present? And what I start to find is some people, if you look at a timeline, which we actually do a timeline, if you look at the visual of it, when you're at the top parts, some of the same people are always with you. And when you look at the bottom parts, the same people are missing or the same people are dominating. And the thing that you realize is, oh, there's a pattern there. Mm -hmm. And you're people-centric. So you probably – that might be very impactful as to whether or not a situation is a high moment for you or an easy moment or a low Hard moment for you. That's interesting because, well, the peop because of my my life has I've moved so much. It's uh, now that you're saying that the same people weren't present for those high and low moments. I'm, you know, I um my family lives overseas mostly. My sister's here in the states and we're close, but I don't see she's not in my day to day life as much. But so the same people aren't present, but the same kinds of people. Yep. So my lowest moments are not necessarily when I was like after I got divorced in the end of 2018 and then spent most of 2019 on my own traveling. And then we had the pandemic and it, you know, I spent a good portion of time really alone, but that wasn't my lowest moment because I really needed that for myself. The lowest moments were the years before that, when I had people in my life that took advantage of my caretaker nature and were very, um, just psychologically, uh, you know, damaging to my sense of self and my confidence and my sense of my value treated me like I was too much or too needy or too sensitive or something like that to anything. Yeah. That I know that very well, you know, so, you know, that, that really took more than they gave. And I think that's, (laughs) that's something that as I've learned, (laughs) did she say something important? No, because you just highlighted something that becomes your warning system in the future. Like right now you have this, what seems like a very high moment. If it starts to feel off, ask yourself, is somebody speaking against that? Like every other time in the past when it starts to go down. And what I have to tell my caretakers all the time is because you care so much, which is that, which makes you amazing. It also takes you down so much further because your care is so heavy. And so we talk about – I have caretaker clients where we talk about going down into the pit of despair. And I said, when you go down, you're always going to go down it. But wouldn't it be nice to know like 10 steps down, oh, crap, I'm going down. Mm -hmm. 
so that I can maybe stop. Yeah. Instead of going a thousand steps down. Yep. You know, and so now that you know that, you're going to think about that. The next time something feels just off, you're going to say, oh, am I letting somebody take my caretaker down? Yeah. And then what do you do with that? Yeah. How do you respond? Because typically we become highly reactive. And from Porch Advisors, we're all about trying to turn you into responsive so that things do not have the same dramatic impact. Yeah. But it requires you to be aware of that pattern, yeah. which you just did. Yeah, and, and I think I've, I think, as I said, <laughs> as you, I just Anna. said. Let's just take a minute. Like, impressive. That's Celebrate. <laughs> self-awareness. That's awesome. Yeah, and, and I, and now that you said that, I think like in my process of trying to get better at taking care of myself, I've, I've, I definitely have gotten better at tuning into those warning signs, but I don't know that I have the, the strategy to act on them yet. But I also, have been really intentional about the kinds of people that I spend my time with, which I think helps me um, avoid that going down that, that vision. But what about on the visionary side? What are, what, what are the, what, what's the pit of despair on the visionary (laughs) side? Um, Perfectionism that does not look like the kind of perfectionism I have. So strategists, perfectionists are data driven. So it's like, it's not enough number or the timeline is not correct or there's 40,000 ideas that could work. Mm. I'm having a hard time picking the one and it's not 100% correct. Whereas the the dreamer has the same perfectionist tendency, but because it is people and values, it's hard to calculate, it's hard to quantify. And so as a result, you sometimes, if if you're operating in that wire, which you should be, you will sometimes have the, the, the problem of not celebrating the success that actually did happen because yeah. it's not enough. <laughs> yeah, I, I had that conversation today. I asked I asked one of my new team members. I She said, I really think celebrating is important. I said, I need you to help me with that because mm. I know that it's hard for me. I'm good in the moment of saying, hey, that was a really nice job. And I'm good at doing like big things, but I'm not good at like celebrating milestones because in my head they don't there aren't like concrete unless it is a concrete thing we've set but like rarely in, in my head it's just this big mess of arbit- ar- ambiguity ambiguity <laughs> and complex ideas and i don't know all it, the did time did we really do yeah. what we say we we're gonna do yeah can i give you a piece of advice yeah Please. <laughs> that's what you're here for that's what i do <laughs> because you care Remember, that celebration piece is what will unlock some of your team members. And if you don't, it will press them down. Mm -hmm. So you knew when you looked back at sort of that that type of people that were there when you were going down, don't be one of those for them because Mm -hmm. of your inability to celebrate less than perfection. Mm -hmm. So it is an opportunity to bring them up. Mm -hmm. And it's not a knock on what's still in your head. If you still have that vision and it still can be more, you're going to continue to go Mm -hmm. for it. But you could wear people out. Yeah. And that's the thing about the dreamers. The dreamer doesn't know that they wear people out with that perfection. Yeah. They just are frustrated because it's like in my head, it's so much better. Yeah. Always seeing potential. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a problem with and dating as well. <laughs> well, absolutely. I mean, communication Amen, is communication. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I could keep going and on and on. No, but it's so true, though. But like you're saying, a lot of these things overlap. It's not just business, but it's personal, too. And how much of our the way that we were brought up as opposed to what nature versus nurture, you know, how much do those overlap and kind of affect where we go in our lives and how we interact with people? I'm very curious about that. Well, Mm -hmm. a lot. And that's why we have to study, because some people, especially the older we get and some of the hardest clients that I work with are military Mm -hmm. because in, I mean, nothing against the military, but when you go through that training, you're kind of stripped of a lot 
of what makes you you so that you can operate in the structure that they need you to operate in. Coming back to it, it's really hard to remember sort of the – this is why I like to work with kids because kids, they're an open playbook and you can kind of help them mold it as they go and, and they don't lose their optimism. Um, but the older we get, the more sh- experience we have in the wrong areas, the harder it becomes. And so that's why we want to study the difference between nature and nurture. And at the end of the day, you have a choice. So this is who we think you are naturally. This is who we're, you were raised to be, and you can be great at it. But the, you'll no, you'll start to feel the energy difference mm. between doing something that you're great at and doing something that you should be doing because it's just – like you said, I, it oozes out of me. When I get a client who's sitting there saying, I never even thought about that. I'm like, oh, my God, I got to go find you more. I got to <laughs> find more. And that's what – it, what's actually really funny is my timeline is what led me to this job. When I was a teacher, every single one of my highest highs had the same components. Mm. And it wasn't people because I can tell you who the people were. But for me, it was the extreme aggressive goal setting. I'll do more than anybody else thinks I can do. The confidence, but having questioned everything along the way, not taking risks. I always am the most – risk-averse risk-taker. <laughs> I will analyze it before I take it, but if I do them both, that's where you see me at my top. And, at, and, and so for you in leadership, don't you want to know that about your team? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. you, because once you see that for yeah. them and you start pulling that, they will, they will gravitate towards you, but first it starts with you. So just today what we're doing is the way to give you a little bit to think about for yourself. And then as you communicate with your team, because if they're the executors, you need to know what do they need in order to ooze that out. Yeah. Because there are people like me who are wired to sit in front of spreadsheets and knock to-do lists out like it's my job. You know, I love that kind of stuff. And some people love it. But you need to be able to give them what they need, which is going to be very different from you. Yeah. If, if you're building a good team, mm-hmm. because if you're not the executor and you you end up taking on that role because your caretaker and caretakers can take on everybody else's role, it will drive you crazy. Instead, let's make sure that they keep you healthy. I love that you said you need to help me with Celebrate, but now you can see it from what does she get out of it? Yeah. What does he need from me? And who's missing on our team? Yeah. That's why I like strategic hiring too. Yeah. I tried to hire people that said they were – they liked executing. They got energy out of, you know, executing on things. Cause I, <laughs> I know I need that to balance me out. I need, but I think the, you had mentioned before when we talked the, the translating of the vision into the execution. And that's kind of the biggest area I'm struggling with right now um, because my team doesn't quite understand my vision yet. Cause they're new to me. They're new to getting to know me. Um, my, my um, superiors, understand the vision but they don't they i haven't been able to quite communicate well what does it actually look like in my head and i get stuck in analysis paralysis every time i try to put it on paper because it's not i can't find the perfect representation of what i'm thinking so Mm. everything you're saying is like happening (laughs) well and, and hearing it from you it's not new for me I hear it all the time. The thing that I want is that's why we talk about relationships and communication is because you need your team to fully understand that you're going to try to communicate that vision and it's going to sound like gibberish to them if they are wired the way that they are for execution, which is why the quiz that we did to me is kind of like hiring strategy is I want to know (laughs) – 
one of the questions I think was, it's time to go on a trip. What do you do? Like, I'm the one that analyzes and searches all the different prices, and I have a spreadsheet. You know, that's how I am. Some people are like, oh, we'll just get away somewhere quiet. Mm-hmm. Not a big deal. And then there's somebody who's like, we're renting a yacht. We're going to be <laughs> like billionaires. You know, that tells me a lot about their level of execution. Or, you know, and I, you need that too. So when they say they are good at execution, we're going to say, like, tell me when you had to come up with a strategy and knocked it out of the park and everybody was like, wow, tell me what you did. Yeah. Because then they'll tell you, I have a spreadsheet for everything. I have a notebook. <laughs> I have this. And then you can start to see that those are things, those are patterns that you can rely on. Mm-hmm. But once you know that, if you have a strategist, if you don't, you need one. If you have a strategist on your team, you need to build a really strong relationship with them because you're going to say, all right, here's how this is going to go. I'm going to speak gibberish to you and you're going to have 5,000 questions and I'm going to need you to ask me the top three most important questions that are on your list. Know that I want to answer all of them, but if we do it in small increments, it will keep us both healthy because the strategist can do analysis paralysis too. Right. And then you're going to say, I'm going to probably have to explain it to you like 15 times. (laughs) But if you can understand that there's something beautiful in there and ask enough questions, together we'll be able to figure out the strategy. Because in my head it works, and you're so good at asking questions. You're calling them up to what they are naturally good at. But you have to have that sort of balance of they need some specifics. They need some structured timelines. They need some of those things. And you're going to say, okay, I'm going to give that to you too. But when it's time for us to do this sort of vision to strategy, I need you to come at me. Come at me with your questions. But knowing that you're doing it because we both have a mutual benefit of – I'm going to I'm going to get help strategizing my the vision. Yeah. And you're going to be able to understand that I'm not crazy and together we are both necessary in order to get where we're going. Yeah. I love that. I love it too and I think what's so cool about what you do is that Joe is that you no one's wrong. Do you no. know what I'm saying? Like no one is like oh she's so difficult or oh she's such a downer or whatever people classify and label all kinds of different personalities, often in a negative way, and especially in business when you're interacting with someone who doesn't sort of jive with you very well. So what I love is that what you're talking about is reframing it to be, well, this person's strengths are just as necessary as your strengths in order for this company to thrive. They're necessary and they're all amazing. But the same thing that makes them amazing, each individual one that makes them amazing under stress makes them horrible yeah (laughs) all of us right like so i'm a strategist my questions go from like solving world hunger to interrogating the crap out of you and making you feel like you're nothing because i'm not (laughs) going to tell you you're wrong i'm going to ask you and make you tell everybody else like i'm going to interrogate you until you're like i'm so uncomfortable (laughs) that is awful but it comes from the exact same thing of what makes me awesome and so all are needed and all are bad. All are great. All are bad. Yeah, that's the light and dark of all of our of all of our archetypes, right? That's why I chose some of these instead of some of the other platforms because I realize it's fun. people are much more accepting of their own patterns and tendencies when they realize the value of them and why people need them. Mm-hmm. Caretakers. This is my favorite. Caretakers are never arrogant, and they're never. Um, a lot of times, caretakers are nervous to be a business owner. They're afraid to be the team leader because. It's not – they're not bold by nature. And I remember one of my earlier clients, she is a caretaker and um, first wire. 
and is successful at owning three companies. And we, we I worked with the whole team. But it was so funny because a lot of times caretakers are afraid um, when it comes to being the business owner. Like they don't want to be known as a caretaker. So they'll pretend that they're one of the other ones. Interesting. Oh, yeah. People do uh, Everybody does it. Like there are some – I don't want to say everybody. A lot of people in the business community pretend to be the one that they think you're going to respect the most. And my favorite session, she came and she sat on the porch and I said, are you okay with the fact that these things – the way she is people-centric values first and her expectations wiring is outer accountable. She needs people to rely on her to get things done. That's very – against the traditional stereotype of a business owner. And she said, no, I'm totally cool with it. And I said, and that's why everybody respects you because you're not pretending you're leading from that place. Now here are all the holes with that. And we got to make sure we bring in the right number two. That's extremely much more uh, confident and strategic. And that's exactly what we did. I got to develop her number two, who was a complete counter to her. They had two different top two wirings and they work perfectly well together because now they understand they're not as driven nuts by the downside as they are realizing that they need each other. When someone is, is, is faking mm. like a fake it till you make it kind of thing. Oh, I, hate that. I know, <laughs> but like when someone is faking, is it something that people detect immediately or is it, is it just obviously it'll come out at some point so that can be sussed out? You're sighing you, and smiling. Do you want to know my real answer? Yes, the it's real what, answer. It's what drives me nuts about networking events. Yeah. Because oh. there is an expectation of what you're there for. And I'm a business owner, I understand. There are I mean you have to run a business is a business. It has to make money. That is true. It's not my number one driver. It's not front porch's number one driver. Otherwise we'd lose our purpose and purpose for us is higher than that. Um and I Every time I have accidentally slipped into that where I'm like, ooh, I could totally work with all the uh, – no, no, stop. Uh, but I go to networking events, and what what is frustrating is I hear it, but I also know better. I know that there's something better underneath them all. So I'm like, oh, I just want to sit down with you and help you realize <laughs> lead from this place. Everything that you can talk about from your who you are at your natural best is naturally gravitational. That's what makes people want to do one-on-ones with you. So the people who try too hard, I appreciate the try, but let's shift it and away from what you think you need to try into what you really love about what you do. And then there's the my favorite. I love to help people. <laughs> uh, and I get it. I love to help people too. But now I understand what I can do and how it can help. I can't help everybody. It's advice. If you're not asking for it, it's just my opinion. It's just my perspective. But if you're asking for it, it's because you want to gain something from it. And so, yeah, in the business community, it's really frustrating. Well, what's cool is like what you're saying about Anna is that she is in her natural state or natural motivation and intention. And so that's why it's working so well. And that's well, why- we'll see. Oh, I mean, I oh, don't know. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. I didn't know. No, no extra expectations. Well, on you. But no, as I you've mean- grown. Or, all right. So as you've grown, let me rephrase this. As you've grown through the company, it's been recognized and it's it's honored in, in the different roles that you have. So That's one of the things that I want to be curious. Like right now you feel that. And the thing is, is sometimes that happens by accident. It happens a lot when, when you have people who are feelers. So there's another wiring pattern that's also people and value centric and they're the believers. And so they will happen upon success because they just happen to meet people really well. They're very, very good in networking. They're very good in big crowds. They're the, they always have a story. They always got a guy. 
They always know somebody <laughs> because that's their natural life force. You know who we're talking about. There are people that you can just tell. They're the natural people that, hey, you're never going to believe this person I met on a plane. They got this new product. We're totally going to use it. Like I have to use it. They have a story for everything and they get really excited into a frenzy. Well, they can happen upon success in business and they think, oh, I got it. I just figured it out. But is it repeatable? Mm-hmm. And so for them, they end up being a client of mine because I'm like, if you keep hoping that you're going to happen upon it, you're going to hire and fire a lot of people. You can't rest on the fact that it worked twice. Let's make sure that it's happening again. So what oh, I would love yeah. for I you- think one of, I think I think one of my um, superiors is a believer. Mm. <laughs> I mean – I I I, re- I hesitate to say this on the air in case she <laughs> listens, but but I mean it, she's so she has so much faith in people and in me, and I I was almost scared when she when I when she recruited me into this role. I was like, how do you how do you believe that I can do this? <laughs> but also that faith that she has is so comforting, and mm-hmm. and it and um. Uh, and she's, you know, she's been in this role. I think she's been in the role for about a year and a half. Um, and she surrounds herself with really good people, um, cause she believes in people. But to your point, what, what systems are we setting up to make sure that it's sustained? And that would probably be her blind spot. All of us have one of the wires. We're made up of all of them, but there's one that we think we're better at than we are, and that's our blind spot. And for her, it's probably that. Now, she's probably willing to admit it. But what you want to be able to say is, A, I want you to have this for future reference. Uh, What you just said about her belief, that constant belief, is a level of support for you, and you need that in your notebook. Because when you are feeling over-challenged, you need that. But if that's all it is, it's – it, it, it isn't going to get you where you're trying to go. That's when we talk about liberation. And so the thing is, is I want to tell her, oh, imagine with this belief, if you brought in somebody like a me or somebody to help you help her with strategy mm-hmm. or at least make sure that it is valued in the company more than just belief, mm-hmm. wouldn't that be amazing to watch her truly be free to do all the things that you believe she can? And you know what she's going to say? Absolutely. Because she's a believer. But it's, <laughs> it works. but it's more than just character and charisma. It's it's competence and credibility. Yeah. And right now, none of us are good at all of those naturally, mm-hmm. but we can go find them. We can go develop them. And for you, you have two polar opposite ones that you are naturally good at, which is what makes you amazing. Let's make sure those other ones are filled in either by people on your team or somebody that's going to help you out. That's where I come in is I have to find out what that looks like and I study it with you and then I provide it with you for you until you don't need me anymore. You hear my little voice in your head over and over and I'm like, all right, you're good. You got it. Sharon's a believer, isn't she? Isn't that what we said? A second second wire. Uh, My second wire is a believer. Yeah, and it's amazing. Like, Like I said, they're all amazing. When you put... A healthy version of each of these in the light. They go amazing, crazy, and you do. You buy into stuff, and that is <laughs> and a, people. It's a inf- well. That's because she's caretaker first, but oh, yeah. <laughs> it is so infectious because you can't fake that. <laughs> when you do, everybody knows because it just it, it definitely does not come across like it is when it's natural. Oh, that's so good. Well, then I'm doing the right thing, like in this show right now. Well, I was going to say this what? job yeah. is perfect for you. I, I know. It's <laughs> she like, gets to care and believe and in believe. people. Yes, yeah. and not just that, but the believers love to um, spread it. Yeah. Yes. And then they don't want credit for it, but yeah. they love knowing that 
they were part of making yes. that happen. Yes, that brings me so much joy. Like, yeah. yeah, it does. I don't really need it's actually I'm so happy it's not me that gets the credit for anything. I'm just happy that I got to watch it and be part of it. And like and I want you to be so happy like when you leave here, John, I'm gonna be like, Did you have fun? Like that's what I want. <laughs> Did you like it? I'm I always ask that. Like when we're done with the show, I'm always like, Did you like it? Did you have fun? Wasn't this fun? Like that's what I care about more than anything. Well, and that's what makes you better. Like, I bet if you listen back on other radio uh, uh, recordings, you'll hear the voice change and the things that really you believe in even higher. Because for me, my voice goes crazy. Like, I don't like my voice, but it goes (laughs) crazy. And sometimes I can't contain myself. I, like, start writing notes like a crazy person. I think that that's amazing. That's when you've tapped into something. And you have a piece of it at your job. You have a piece of it in your job. I have it in my job and my my desire and front porch advisors is to try to make sure that those opportunities continue to be there for you because it's so much more fun. It's an it's an enjoyable world where we get to do things that light us up and the world becomes better for it. It does so, all, like exponentially. Well, and, and the more you are aware of all of these things, your team is going to benefit so much. And then they don't just gravitate towards you because they like and respect you. They kind of want a piece of it because you're actually looking to multiply it down. Why? Because you start to realize if I'm this healthy, what happens if I make my entire team this healthy? And what can I do? What do they need that I can provide? What do they need that I can't provide? And let me make sure that we track it all. I'm a tracker. Let, <laughs> let me make sure we track it because at the end of the day that we can handle the bigger obstacles when we understand how we respond to stress and tre- uh, pressure, how we naturally are driven crazy in communication and ultimately, we're always heading into these weird anomalies. Mm. And I think a team that understands how they can solve a problem as a unit will face any problem much, much yeah, differently. I agree. What a wonderful energy it must be, too, to be able to – well, first of all, this must be so satisfying for you when you see it all go the way you, in your strategy brain, oh. <laughs> sees it come play out. You know, yeah. It must be so satisfying and fun you know, to watch someone and a team – um, work with each other in a way that you kind of were like, yeah, I could see how that would happen. My favorite piece that I like is when somebody else says it. When we were just at that event a couple of weeks ago, one of my clients was there and his family was there and they came up to me. And I always say, if, if, if other people notice, then we're doing it right. Oh, I love that. Mm, that's beautiful. So, Well, if someone wants to get in touch with you, Joe, how could they do that? Uh, well, we are Front Porch Advisors with an E which is weird. Um, <laughs> not because we're trying to be weird, just because there's a, a, a another company in Minnesota that does financial planning that oh. with an O. <laughs> they don't want to step on that. So um, advisers.com, and you can reach out to us there. Um, I would love to hear. I love to, to, to help people, study people. I love to see who people are at their best. So reach out, and I don't know. We'll see what we can help you do. Or as we say, Come to the front porch, pull up a chair. What can we help you do? Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Joe. I really enjoyed the conversation. I know. We will continue. (laughs) I have so much more to ask. This is great. Well, Anna Kawar, thank you for coming on the show. And Joe Cienciolo. Woo! I got it right. That's all I wanted to do. Now I feel much better. Thank you for coming on the show as well. And thank you all for listening to Fearless Formula on Business Radio X. And this is Sharon Klein reminding you with wisdom, no, knowledge and understanding, we can all have our own fearless formula. Have a great day. Mm 